When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people if they can become something more like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast and resource devoted to discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing, Chris? Doing great. We're on Marvel MCP High right now. It's, could it be any better? It's kind of insane, Chris. I'm, I'm so happy we have this show, and we're never going to be a strictly news show or anything for you guys. We're always going to be these specific topics. But of course, there's news to talk about, Chris. Just a little bit. And the first bit of that is Black Panther and Killmonger are out. And I can't wait to get them on the table. Same here. So we're going to start doing our hobbying with them. Probably going to spend a little more time on these two because they, I don't think they're going to go away, Chris. And on top of that, Black Panther being the multi-faction, our first multi-faction mm-hmm. guy right. we've seen is great. And of course, Killmonger is Cabal. So these guys are going to be around a long time. You know, Black Panther, he's Wakandan and Avengers. And it's just fantastic. He's going to be around a while. And so we're going to spend some time on these models. We want to get into the table. We want to get into the stream. Oh, yeah. But Absolutely. it might be a little time. But they're out, which is crazy. And on top of that, Weeks back, we got news from PAX, all the characters that we were betting on and and guessing a couple episodes back on our Crossbones episode. Well, Chris, we're just going to go through these because this was some pretty exciting news that we finally got confirmation of just all the waves that are coming after the Guardians. We were uncertain of what was coming next, and we had some suspicions, and I think we were right on most, if not all of these. A couple curveballs, though, so let's just start off right off the bat with Drax. He's here. And he's not invisible. He's not invisible. that was a really great joke. That was some really great joke, some really great marketing. But yeah, Drax is here. So we have, we have the final Guardian and the Guardians. I assume, why not? Every single Guardian we've seen is going to be part of the Guardians faction, I would assume. And, you know, maybe Nebula will be interchangeable. That'd be really cool, faction-wise. That would be really cool. And I hope, I hope that's true. Any thoughts on Drax? He is pure comic book form Drax, which shocked me. Yeah, um, maybe they didn't have the license to to recreate Batista. Batista's body. This might be one of those situations, Chris, where they just took the character design they like more, that they think yeah. is going to pop on the board more, 
And maybe the comic book Drax is the way to go. He's still unmistakably Drax. Yeah, absolutely. And I like with these Guardians, they've actually all leaned comic side except Star-Lord. And that was the right decision. That was the correct decision. We need the MCU Star-Lord because he's so noticeable. We also need that look, that trench coat, that you know, the flying. So I like that they've leaned pretty much on the comic side of the rest of these. You know, Groot and Rocket are kind of interchangeable. Ronan's hammer is very MCU. So now you're going to Ronan, and I like this. Very MCU, but Ronan is more of the comic book Cree. For the most part. He's not the Sith Lord Ronan we saw in the movies. And, you know, maybe this is their take on Ronan further back in the timeline as well. Uncertain, but he is in the Cree green colors, which is really nice. Now, Chris, the next two we're going to talk about, I know you're really excited for. I'm really excited for. And it kind of closes out our suspicions and questions about the Black Order. Yes. So you just want to name drop these guys right now. It's pretty exciting. These models are amazing. So we got a snippet of Ebony Maw a while ago, a brief peek, but now we see him fully fleshed out. I love it. I'm going to be playing the Black Order exclusively when they're all coming out. I can't wait. Black Dwarf looks amazing. Ebony Maw, the model is just so cool. So cool. And yeah, Black Dwarf was finally unveiled. So now alongside Thanos as well, we see Black Dwarf's photos right by the Thanos throne. And it seems like we have this entire Black Order set now. So we know these guys are coming as well. So the factions are going to be filled out pretty fully, Chris. It's going to be really interesting to see. I think when you start seeing tournaments kick off, I think competitive play is going to be very interesting. We're going to have, what, three, four separate factions? We're going to have four really early on, but maybe five or six in no time. Because if Miles and Gwen actually get dropped, I'm assuming Miles is the leader of the Spider-Verse faction. We will see. And then we're going to get all these Spider-Verse things. And on top of that, the Asgardians, which were already spoiled, but they're coming out around the same time as this Black Order stuff. Well, they're obviously going to have their own affiliation as well. They have to. So that'll be six. Thor will be leading that. Yeah. And that'll be six. And Thor will be one of those double dippers once again, which would be great. Do you want him in Avengers? Do you want him with his leadership ability in Asgardians? Right. We can only assume. Well, so let's round out the rest of these, Chris, because I was not expecting these last few at no, all. No, no, no. Me either. And I want to save the best for last. So let's talk about this Hawkeye first. Yeah. Hawkeye is a really cool character. It should be <laughs> probably a two-point character. Yes, please. Don't really know much about Hawkeye. Oh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. <laughs> okay. It should be really interesting. Hawkeye, of course, is a must if you're going to be doing this game just yeah. because of the MCU. But what's most interesting is his drop mate. That's right. This was the the interesting, confusing part that got us. Hawkeye, of course, comes in a, a box with another character, like almost most of these releases, except the big characters like the Venoms and Hulks and Black Dwarfs of the world. His box mate is Black Widow. Again. I thought we already had Black Widow. <laughs> well, Chris, they do this a lot in miniatures games. I did Absolutely. not expect them to do it this early. For instance, in Legion right now, we have two Vaders and two Lukes. And this is great because you can choose different timelines or different parts of the character's story where they can be a higher cost, stronger, or a lower cost. I'm assuming this Black Widow is going to be a higher cost Black Widow. I probably. Why would she be another two? It doesn't really make sense. We can get some speculation here, Chris. What if this was like Hydra Agent Black Widow? Right. And they're just not telling us. Note both on her base and Hawkeye's base. They're both standing on pieces of a Hydra sculpture or throne. That's interesting. Um, also, that looks really cool when they're working side by side. Yes, it does. So I'm not sure. Maybe also this is probably some marketing and she's going to come out around 
early summer, late spring, when the Black With Widow the movie. Yeah. movie comes out. But yeah, she's in different pose. She's halfway in the air, which is awesome. Shooting both of her stingers. You know, it's just a curveball that we weren't really ready for because, you know, we knew that Asgardians were coming. Hawkeye makes sense. He's here. Oh, yeah. Did not expect Black Widow. We'll talk more about her on the future. That's really the only speculation we can do currently with her. That's about it. But Chris, I have to talk about this last model because it's the one I, I about had a heart attack, about died. It's the Green Goblin what in his pure ball. 1960s form, which what is exactly what I want. Complete curveball with that oh, announcement, man. that release. That sculpt is so beautiful. Taking it back to last episode with Doc Ock, here they are. They've arrived. We are starting to get glimpses of the Spider-Man Rose Gallery that are so iconic that are going to really pull people into this game. They're going to see this Green Goblin on top of a building flying up on the smokestack. Oh, my goodness. I mean, they're going to they're gonna want to play this game. And once again, the pure comic book choice was the way to go here. This is perfect. And he's even got fire on his, his jack-o'-lanterns. I, I just, his pumpkins. It's such oh, a good man. sculpt. I wish we knew more about him, as in how he's going to play, what does he look yeah. like. But right now, the sculpt is enough, Chris. And, you know, he's probably going to be quite a bit away. But maybe he fits in the Spider-Verse faction. Maybe it's a Sinister Six faction or something. Something entirely new. I am just, just <laughs> fingers crossed for a Sinister Ooh. Six. But him and Spider-Man worked together several times. Hobgoblin even more so. This makes sense, even bringing him in with the Spider-Man group. I love it so much, and I guarantee we're going to get more spoilers in the future. But, man, they are, they're coming out swinging with this game, Chris. I'm so happy we decided to do content for this game. Same here. There is no giant gaps in the release schedule so far. There are no like drops in the release schedule of the game going forward. It seems like it's going to be a monthly or bi-monthly thing. I don't know. It's so cool. And, you know, there's going to be a point, too, where people can come into this game even six months from now. And pick and choose what they want. Mm -hmm. And that's an easy way to get in the game for a low cost, low ceiling. We want that as well because we want more people to play this game and to enjoy it as much as we do. This is exciting news. I mean, we have new models in our hands and there's new models down the pipeline that we know about for sure. And I'm really excited, Chris, about this Black Order stuff because with this horde mode announced with Thanos... There's no telling what they're going to do in the future, like Thanos for the regular game, Thanos for the Horde mode. Very excited for Horde mode. Oh my gosh, we're totally going to stream that because we're going to have a couple friends over. We're all going to be different heroes taking on Thanos. That's going to draw people to this game too, Chris. We can give demos of that at a store. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like have Thanos set up on his throne, painted beautifully, have everyone co-op, learn how to play the game. I can't wait. And maybe some of these other Black Order guys are going to be in that Horde mode. I don't even know how they're going to do it yet. I'm very excited. I love it. I I don't even have words. Well, the irony, Chris, is we talked about a second Black Widow coming out, and today we're talking about the corset Black Widow. So there we are. Isn't that wonderful how that works? It's really wonderful. We had her new trailer announcement of another Black Widow coming to the game, so this was clearly the right time. So let's get going. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution. We thank all of our patrons for their huge support. We would like to give a very big special thanks to our newest patron, Mark L. We'd also like to thank all of our current patrons. Guys, we really appreciate you and we do not take your contributions lightly. We certainly don't. And like I said in recent episodes, you guys jumping on this early for the Patreon, you are supporting this show in a unique and serious way way before we're you know been underway for a long time you guys are laying the groundwork for future projects 
future video content and just improving the podcast equipment and things like that. So we can't thank you enough. And once again, thank you, Mark, for your contribution. I did get your message saying this was the first Patreon you'd ever chosen oh, to subscribe that's to. Amazing. So that's a nice feeling as well. We truly appreciate it, man. So thank you, patrons. Chris, let's get into some Black Widow lore. Oh, yeah. So Chris, who is Black Widow? Natasha Romanoff, assassin, super spy, tactical whiz, hand-to-hand expert, and femme fatale. That is right. So I don't think many people knew Black Widow until the MCU, and they introduced her so early in the MCU in the Iron Man films, she's become even more iconic than she was, Chris, in the comics. Like She's always been around, but it's mainstream now. I mean, it's serious. She's big. It really helps that ScarJo took the role. It does. Um, she's, she's a very high profile actress and in my opinion, a very talented actress. I know that we're not going to hear otherwise. Very talented. If anyone hasn't seen marriage story, her newest film that's out right now with Adam driver, go see it. It's her best acting she's ever done. And Adam driver's best acting he's ever done, Chris, which truly blew me away because everything he does is stellar. He's probably getting an Oscar nomination for this. I'll have to see it. It's on Netflix. It's insane. Oh, is it? I'll watch it tonight. Nice drama. I love drama. If you're in a deep drama mood, it's about a relationship and a marriage deteriorating. And it's just a phenomenal piece. But yeah, she certainly is the face of Black Widow now. And, you know, she's mainstream. So what are Black Widow's main powers? Black Widow has been enhanced by biotechnology that makes her body resistant to aging and disease, heals her above the normal human rate, as well as psychological condition to suppress her terrible early memories of true events as opposed to implanted memories of the ones passed without the aid of specifically designed systems and suppressant drugs. Basically, she's got a lot of implanted memories and she's been conditioned to be able to accept those. Well, in this early part you mentioned too, Chris, her being enhanced by biotechnology and the kind of resistance to aging and even her quicker healing I feel like this is something we don't see as much in the MCU, even though I think it's there. This is something I think that makes her a more interesting superhero in a way, because she is one of the more regular people we've talked about that are, are so often around in superhero stuff, you know, no big superpowers, but she's got these like little tweaks here and there and oh, yeah. plus her training and her past make her a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, on top of that, her agility is out of control she could rival an Olympic gold medalist. We know this. And Insane. she can coordinate her body with balance, flexibility, dexterity. I mean, she truly is a ninja. It is, if not one of her best strengths, superpowers and everything aside, it's just her ability to be this flexible and remain in stealth and fight people. There's so many things she's gifted at. But on top of that, she has intellect. She oh, yeah. displayed this at a young age. She has an uncanny affinity for psychological manipulation and can mask her real emotions perfectly. She can also manipulate people in interviews, and she's kind of the go-to interrogator in a lot of ways. Like Steve Rogers, she possesses the ability to quickly process multiple information streams, assessing things, and rapidly responds to the changing of tactical situations. That's crazy. All this for such a low point cost. It's amazing. I know. And not only that, let's go over the fact that she is an acrobat, an aerialist. She is an expert martial artist, including jujitsu, aikido, Boxing, judo, <laughs> karate, savat, ninjutsu, and various other styles of kung fu. It's ridiculous. Put the Keanu quote right here. I know kung fu. 
show me. So basically, she is an expert spy, an expert tactician, a martial artist, ninja. Right. And she's enhanced by some biotechnology and, you know, some mild superpowers going on. She obviously has been a big part of the Avengers and a big part of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's important. She's ran S.H.I.E.L.D. for a time. That is right, Chris. So when was Natasha's first appearance in comics to the world we know today? Natasha debuted in Tales of Suspense number 52 in April of 1964. She was created by Stan Lee, Don Rico, and Don Heck. Man. The Dons. Seeing some names again, we recognize also a very early year, Chris. I think some people would assume that she came out a little bit later. No, not the case. Right. Well, she's there. been around. She's been around for a long time. You know, she wasn't used properly for a long time. 60s and 70s were a little bit different as far as female superheroes went. Right. Especially and, with lead stories, right? Right. And it's she's been a character that's been more explored as more modern writers have basically found her in the backlist and wanted to explore the character. And now she's an integral part of the Marvel uh, fabric. Absolutely. She is huge in the Marvel Universe comics and films. So, Chris, let's just get into this complex character's history. Natasha was born in Stalingrad. She was the first and best known Black Widow. She is a Russian agent trained as a spy, martial artist, sniper, and outfitted with an arsenal of high-tech weaponry, including a pair of wrist-mounted energy weapons known as her Widow's Bite. She wears no costume during her first few appearances, simply an evening wear and a veil. Romanov eventually defects to the U.S. for reasons that include her falling in love for the reluctant criminal-turned-superhero Hawkeye. I mean, Hawkeye. Hawkeye guy that's right so we've already got a lot of interesting things here chris just that you know she was a russian super spy this is super cool when we think about the years she came out history of our world we've, oh, yeah. we're seeing a lot of these correlations every time we do an episode in the history of things this is pretty cool cold war stuff is starting to happen comics have responses to this and this is one of those responses it's very similar to our iron man episode where we talked about you know, the state of weapons in the Cold War and the state of the world, the race, weapons race, and Tony was created. This is a similar situation, but this is a different path. This is the spy path. Originally, Natasha was brought into the service of Russia by an Ivan Petrovich who adopted a lot of orphans and, and brought them to a, to a department called Department X for training and, and all that kind of thing. Okay. But that has been retconned to her being trained in the Red Room. Mm, that's right. Those are artificial memories that she has worked past. Right. Today, the Red Room is still active under the name 2R. After graduating from the Red Room, the KGB arranged a marriage between Natasha and the renowned Soviet test pilot Alexei Shostokov. I think that's close. Yeah. Sorry, anyone of Russian descent, I am so sorry for butchering that. Yeah. However, when the Russian government decided to make Shostokov into an operative, the Red Guardian, he's told he can have no further contact with Natasha. Natasha is told that he died. Oh, man. First major tragedy that she remembers, of course, the Red Room was not easy and was full of trauma as well. This but is that cool, one was Chris. buried for a while. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of this in the movie. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. We already know Red Guardian's in the movie, and he's literally the part I'm most excited about about the movie just because of David Harbour playing him. I can't wait. I'm interested to see how far back they go in her memories and her past and her family, just everything, you know? Right. Yeah. So uh, Natasha grows up 
and she begins serving as a femme fatale super spy. Mm-hmm. She's assigned to assist Boris Turgenov in the assassination of Professor Anton Van Gogh for defecting from the Soviet Union, uh, which served as her first mission in the United States. Natasha and Turgenov infiltrate Stark Industries as part of the plan. <laughs> she attempts to manipulate information from an American defense contractor, Tony Stark. And inevitably is confronted by his superhero alter ego, Iron Man. The pair then battled, and Turgenov steals and wears the Crimson Dynamo suit. Vanko sacrifices himself to save Iron Man, killing Turgenov in the process using an unstable and experimental laser light pistol. Natasha later meets the criminal archer Hawkeye and sets him against Iron Man, and later helps Hawkeye to battle Iron Man. Man. Very intertwined, very complex, very long ago. Yeah. What if this first Hawkeye were getting... There's no way, but what if this Hawkeye was this this Hawkeye, Chris? I don't know. He was wearing the blade glasses. He so was wearing the blade glasses. Old Hawkeye would be wearing the, the pointy cowl. And yeah. Very true. You never know, man. Yeah. This is the interesting thing about these characters. A lot of these have been on either side, and I think... Natasha and Hawkeye are going to be one of our first instances of a hero on our show, Chris, being purely kind of back and forth. Like, you know, everyone else has been pretty concrete, good guy side so far we've done. So this is pretty interesting. She has, yeah, she has kind of a gray background. That's right. A very checkered past. So later, Natasha attempts to get Hawkeye to help her to destroy Iron Man. The pair almost succeed, but Black Widow is injured. Hawkeye retreats to get her to safety. During this time is when Natasha decides she wants to attempt to defect from the Soviet Union to the U.S., and she begins to fall in love with Hawkeye, further weakening her loyalty to the USSR. When the KGB learns the truth, they have her gunned down, sending her to the hospital. This convinces Hawkeye to go straight to the Avengers for help. Ooh. The rest is history, that as is they right. say. So the KGB take her to the Red Room. Brainwash her again, and with the Swordsman and the first Power Man, she battles the Avengers. She's brainwashed, she's back in the full USSR mode, and she mm-hmm. fights the Avengers, the right. original Avengers. She eventually breaks free from her psychological conditioning with the help of Hawkeye, there it is, and successfully defects, having further adventures with Spider-Man, Hawkeye, Daredevil, and then eventually she joins the Avengers as a costumed heroine herself as an official member of the Avengers. Big time. It's cool, though, Chris, that she has uh, some some side stories with Spider-Man and Daredevil, their little neck of She has the world a little first. romance with Daredevil, as a matter of fact. Man, so this all over the place in, in a good way. Oh, man, she's been, she's been everywhere. And it's uh, actually during her romantic involvement with Daredevil, they operate in San Francisco. She is operating as an independent superhero alongside Daredevil, so not quite a sidekick. She is an equal, which is good. There she tries unsuccessfully to find a new career for herself as a fashion designer. Eventually, her relationship with Murdoch stagnates. And after briefly working with the Avengers, she finally breaks it off with him. Fearing that playing sidekick is subliminating her identity. This is the 70s. It's female empowerment. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff, and yeah. she is part of that movement, and I love that. I love that for her. It's so cool, Chris, because it's one of those concurrent things we've talked about. Our culture and comics are side right. by side, and it's obvious when you look at it in this entire span 
maybe not as obvious in the moment, you know, where these subtle changes are happening for these characters. It's really interesting. I like it. And I like that they take her story different way at this point onward. <laughs> she, yeah, she goes a lot of different ways. So during a Hydra attempt to take over S.H.I.E.L.D., she's tortured so badly that she regresses to an old cover identity as a school teacher, Nancy Rushman. Crazy. Luckily, Spider-Man swoops in in time to save her. And with the help of Nick Fury and Shang-Chi, that is the master of Kung Fu, Shang-Chi. That's right. Predecessor to Iron Fist. I love the Iron Fist so much. Oh, you'll have to tell me more about it. I know very little about it. Oh, my gosh. I have got some reading for you. So uh, Nick Fury and Shang-Chi work out what happened and restore her memory with Nancy, not Natasha, developing an attraction to Spider-Man before her memory is restored. During the final fight against Madame Viper, Boomerang, and the Silver Samurai, Shang-Chi works out and restores her memory. Later, she returns to into Murdoch's life to find that he's romantically involved with another woman, Heather Glenn, prompting her to leave New York entirely. She briefly leads the super team, the champions, and she's constantly confronted by her past with the Red Room, right. other trainees trying to kill her. Even when she attempts to leave the espionage life behind, she's once always brought in by someone from the Red Room Man. trying to assassinate her, constantly living with that chasing after her. During Civil War, she sides with Tony. Notable. Very notable. During the Secret Empire, she plays a really cool part in Secret Empire. At the end, she is about to take out fake Captain America. She's got the sniper rifle leveled when she noticed that notices that Miles Morales and his team are sneaking up and about to do the same thing. She actually stops Miles from taking Cap's life as to not turn him into a killer. She doesn't want him to turn into that. Right. Her saving Miles from that fate is what ends up leading to her demise. Wow. Fake Captain America breaks her neck with his shield, and that's the end of Natasha. Yikes. (laughs) That's why Civil War and Secret Empire and Secret War, all this stuff, it's just crazy stuff, Chris. We've talked about this a lot in the 2000s onward. Oh, yeah. Now, don't fear. There's a clone out there running around being Natasha. So it's essentially like nothing happened. Uh, comics will always return to the mean. Yeah. That's that's a given. So you take the stories for what they are, enjoying them, enjoy them in that time, but you know that they're going to revert back. But sometimes they do less of that, though. Like we talked about a couple episodes back that's with true. Peter Parker. He has been aging with the comics. That's so cool. Really unique. And they're not really doing a lot of weird stuff there. It's pretty much standard. So it's interesting to see this type of stuff. She's always intertwined with the ussr and kgb oh yeah she's always intertwined with hawkeye in some form she's always being hunted by other people and then she has been a villain herself she's also been then that gray area most of her life chris right and then she becomes the black widow of the avengers which is a major part and you know like you said a little bit ago her her siding with tony during civil war these are all big events in her life and i can't wait to see more but this is a great history it's a complicated one for sure. Very complicated. So let's get into less complicated history. Let's get into Black Widow's appearances in the MCU chronological. Her first appearance, Chris, like I mentioned at the top of the show, is Iron Man 2. Which kind of echoes her trying to infiltrate Tony for yep. the KGB. She was totally doing that. She's not working for them in Iron Man 2. But, right. But yeah, it, it is her and Tony and they do fight. So that's pretty cool. 
Well, and we see her fight a bunch of soldiers too, and we actually start getting an idea of her skills. But you're right too, Chris, in this, she was the femme fatale. She didn't unveil who she was till late in the story. She almost got Tony, which is- a She almost thing. did. So her next appearance is in Joss Whedon's Avengers. So she's a major part in this story. We see her and Hawkeye's dynamic, and we see her do a lot of heroic things. Of course, this is the first Avengers assemble moment. She's in that shot as well. We have the panning camera and them all together being a team for the first time, you know, because she was with Nick Fury in a lot of these films in a lot of ways. Right for that, Chris, we have Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Great movie. Great movie. And this is, once again, the spy movie that happens to be in the Marvel Universe. Perfect she's in this. Perfect that her and Cap go on missions together in this. Absolutely. They are doing spy things. They're, you know, they're actually running missions. Not a very fantastical thing, which is great. Nice to see her in this role. And right after that in the timeline is Avengers Age of Ultron. We've talked about it a lot on our show. She's in this too. She she plays a major role. We can't get away from Age of Ultron, can we? We can't. No one can. That's the funny part. Despite it not being one of the better Marvel movies, so many storylines were set up in this particular movie. And that was actually Joss Whedon's complaint with this movie, Chris, was that he didn't like that he had to set up a lot of things rather than making a better movie and a better plot. He actually had to make some concessions to set up these storylines with Wakanda, pre-Wakanda, with Andy Serkis' character and, you know, Quicksilver and Wanda and Vision, Black Widow's story. So many things. That's just how that movie turned out. Next, she's going to show up in Captain America Civil War, which I believe she sided with Tony in that one, too. Yeah, she sided with Tony and she was very skeptical. She even called Steve and tried to get him. Before the fight broke out, she tried to get Steve to just die to himself and sign it, but he couldn't do it. She was like, Steve, even I don't want to do this, but I did it. But yeah, she fights and uh, she's actually the reason why at the end of the fight they get away, which is really interesting. Because she's the best. Yeah, it's good stuff. So Black Panther is chasing Steve and Winter Soldier onto you know the jet and she actually changes her mind and she gives Black Panther that sting and prevents him from chasing them. So she kind of is both sides in this movie. Next, we're going to see some video footage of her in Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. A little bit of flashback footage of her in Thor Ragnarok. Right. And then her next full appearance, of course, with the whole crew is going to be Infinity War. Mm Mm-hmm. So she plays a major part in this, of course. She does not get snapped at the end of this movie. She runs S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So she runs S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know... We get to see more of that in Avengers Endgame. Once again, really a two-part film. And, you know, she's running shields. She's running a lot of things on planet Earth, like with the state of the world now. This is actually where she dies for real, Chris, in the MCU. Her and Hawkeye on the Soul Stone world. I do believe he's Ronan at that point. (laughs) He is Ronan, Sith Lord Hawkeye. That's what I call him. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Over the top European Mohawk and all. I love it. I just love every bit of it. Just it's so Hawkeye. But of course, she's also in Captain Marvel in a mid credit scene in Spider Man Far From Home. We see a picture of her once again tying her always around. Last movie in this list, Chris, will be coming out in the summer. Her own movie, Black Widow, which we believe is a prequel. And it's good stuff. It's gotta be. It's gotta be a prequel, and you know. It's probably in that timeline around Age of Ultron prior to that. On top of that, I feel like we're going to get, within the prequel itself, we're going to get flashbacks, old past stuff. Red Guardian, can't wait. 
She's in a lot of movies. She, she she's in a, big a lot of movies. She has some really cool roles in the stories, not only just for the plot, but fighting wise too. She always has a unique role in the fights, even though she's not one of the heavy hitters. She's got these other skills. And I think that that is mirrored in this game. You're right, Chris. Very much so. Your two threat characters can be just as important to your victory as your your sixth threat hole. That's certainly right. They are doing something else that's crucial in the battle, though it may not be dishing out damage. It's something else entirely, and I love that she fulfills that role in this game. She does well. So last but not least, Chris, what comics or media recommendations do you have for this character? Well, I've got a couple here. Black Widow Shields Most Wanted by Mark Wade and Chris Samney. Of course, anyone familiar with comics will be familiar with Mark Wade, Prolific writer. If you just want to read a single issue, don't have a whole, whole lot of time, Secret Avengers number 20 by Warren Ellis and Alex Maleev. Fantastic one-off issue. Okay. Really great. And Black Widow, The Name of the Rose by Marjorie Liu and Daniel Acuna. Acuna being one of my favorite artists. I've heard that name a lot from you, Chris. And as, I mean, as is Maleev. I have a picture by Maleev right behind you. That's as a right. Of fact. That is some good stuff. Good art. I'm interested in reading Secret Empire, too, even though it's not It's so list, good. Just because it's so wonky in all the right fun ways. That is our lore. I think it's time to move on to strategy. Let's do it. So like normal, guys, if you want to follow along at home with your Natasha card or check our social media for photos of her card, you can follow along as we go through this strategy section. Her name is Black Widow. Her alter ego is Natasha Romanoff. Pretty straightforward. Let's go through her stats, Chris. Let's do it. On her healthy side, she is going to be four stamina. She's going to have a long speed for movement. She's going to be height two, threat two. Her defenses read as follow. Physical three, energy two, and mystic four, which represents that psychological training she's had. That's right, Chris. So already this stands out to me in a lot of different ways. Oh, yeah. Um, pros and cons. Cons. Lowest health we've ever seen on a healthy side thus far. Long speed. Only our second character on this show so far to have long speed. Height two, standard. Threat, like you mentioned at the bottom of lore, two. Incredible. The only character in the game currently to have threat two. And it's it's useful. So let's go with our baseline of knowing defenses. We know defenses baselines at this point in the game are three. So her physical is baseline. It is the standard defense. Her energy is under the average. It is two. And then her mystic, like you mentioned, Chris, with all of her training and all of her time in that red room, it is four. It is very high. So nothing with her physical stats stand out too much, Chris, except they are a spread. And that's going to come into the way you play her, I think. You're going to want her to get in the way of the mystic. You're yes. going to want to get her out of the way of those ranged turret energy characters because she Absolutely. will just vaporize. But I think she has some other tools to get around those long shots too. Let's just go ahead and move into her attacks. Her first attack is a strike. It is an energy strike. It is range two, strength of four, and of course, zero cost. After this attack is resolved, this character gains power equal to the damage dealt. She has a wild, which is great called Widow's Sting. After the attack is resolved, the target character loses one power if Very you rolled nice. that wild. So she's got a little bit of built-in economy. She actually has a wild trigger. Not a lot of people do on their strikes, which is great. And, you know, it's a standard four-strength strike, Chris. It's nothing to ride home about, but a lot of characters have this, so this is nothing new to us, I guess. And But that little Widow's Sting is nice. It's, it's got it like helps. a little power sap it like helps. on Red Skull. Especially early game. 
Yeah. So what's our next attack? Our next attack is going to be with pistols. It's going to be a physical attack, range three, strength four, and zero power cost. Pretty interesting. There, there is no text. Yeah, I like this because this is pretty different than a lot of the attacks in this game for other characters and stuff. It's basically the ranged version of her strike, but she doesn't gain power and she doesn't get the widow sting. But you know, it's range three and it's it's four strength again, but this time physical. So it's just an arsenal. It's a tool she has. You're not going to use it that often, but when you use it, maybe it's someone who's weak to physical. Maybe you just yeah. are just out of that range too. Well, that's okay. Pull out your pistol, shoot him in range three. You're still in business. No text though. Really interesting. It actually fills out the flavor too of it just being a gun and nothing else. Exactly. I love that. Very Hawkeye will probably have his bow, but he will have triggers because he's an expert. Well, and he has so guy. many different yeah. arrowheads exactly. and whatnot. So her final attack is physical, and it's called Mixed Technique. It's range two, once again, like the strike. Strength of four, exactly like the strike, but it costs two power. Let's read the text. If this attack deals damage, after the attack is resolved, the target character gains the Stagger Special Condition. Big time. Big stuff. And then it has a wild called Elusive. After this attack is resolved, this character may advance short. It says advance. So a lot in this game, Chris, we say towards or away. Right. Not in this case. We just say advance. You move short. So let's talk first about stagger. We've talked about stagger on our show a lot because we've interchanged it with stun at times because Whoops. of verbiage. It's the stun of this game. So a lot of games have a stun. This is the stun. This literally takes away one action of the character that is it's dealt this. huge. Huge. She is a counter to Hulk. This is insane. Absolutely. She can take away one of Hulk's actions, which is huge because if you have Hulk in the fray, you want him to double attack. That's his thing. If he can't double attack, he's in trouble. And, you know, if you're taking away one of his actions, not only can he double attack, but you're also taking away his options. Maybe he was just out of range and now you've staggered him. He can't catch up to that objective or, or he's going to have to use his move instead of his attack. He's going to have to use or he has to use power to move more. It is thematic too. Once. It's, it's thematic great. too. If you get this mixed technique on Hulk, which all you have to do is deal damage, right? Right. It's not a trigger uh, from the wild. If you get the wild, you get elusive. So she might get to run away with short, which would be great. Also, she could just use this for positioning. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Very useful. It's her best attack, of course. You're going to control people with it, which is what you want. Let's move on to her superpowers. Her first superpower is reactive, Chris. It is called Counter Strike. After an attack against this character is resolved, it may use this superpower. If the attacker is within range three, roll four dice. Deal one damage to the attacker for each crit and wild you roll. So this is basically a free chance to get some pings, which is great. And I say pings because they don't save on this, Chris. No, it's just automatic damage through, no dice rolls to save it. This is one of those things that keeps her low health pool in check and her differences of her physical defense being weaker at sometimes and stronger in other ways. This kind of supplements that because now say you have a character that could definitely knock her out or flip her to her injured side, but you're close as well. Getting flipped to your injured side. Do you want to attack her when she has power and use this counter strike where she could potentially ping you and flip you? And guess what? Cause if you get pinged and flipped, your activation's over. How bad does that feel? It feels really bad. So let's move on to her other abilities because I think they're going to further this narrative of her playstyle. Her next one is going to be Martial Artist. It is innate. When Natasha is defending against a physical or energy attack, 
targeting her within range two, she adds blanks to her defense roll to her total successes. So basically, if if an energy or physical attack is within range two, the only thing that doesn't count towards your defense roll are the attack rolls. Yeah. So blanks, wilds, crits, blocks, all count towards your defense. It's so nasty. Yeah, it's exactly like Caps, I can do this all day on his injured side. Caps is just built in when he's flipped to the side. Hers has to meet this range prerequisite, but still really good, Chris. Once again, this is going to supplement her weak energy defense and even her average physical defense. It's going to make it a little bit better. Also, you can counter-strike and martial artists in the same go, if that makes sense. Nasty. You don't want to be attacking her within range three. The irony of this statement is I'm going to move on to her final superpower called stealth. It's innate. Characters must be within range three of this character to target it with attacks. Okay. <laughs> so f- she's low cost. She's low health. She can't be she attacked. She wants to range. be up in it. When you are going to use her, she's very much a dart in, dart out type of character. Right. When you do want to use her, you do want to close that gap yeah. and get close to trigger all of her abilities. The question is, is finding the right gap to get in. Finding the right area where she's not going to get targeted by multiple characters and, and taken down in a couple of activations, but finding that area where she can sneak in, get her damage off, get a stagger off, and then sneak right back out of range of most other threats. Yeah, you're right. And a lot of this supplements her low health, Chris, because once again, she is four on her healthy side and four on her injured side. She can go down quick, but this was what's interesting. Some of these heavy hitting range superpowers can't even hit her unless they're close to her exactly it's just crazy chris because she can't be shot by these ranged characters like ultron and captain marvel and even iron man who are the best turrets in the game right now so it's so cool that you can play here one of two ways the way you just mentioned where you play her safe and then you get her in the fray for the rest of the game by the objective and keep these martial artists and counter strikes and things ready to go while still keeping her alive, keep her with Cap so he can supplement her defense. Absolutely. Which is very helpful. Bodyguard away some of the attacks on her if you need to. But that's one way to play her. The other way to play her is just to use her as a two-cost activation and you skirt the edges of the board and can't even be attacked, period. You run objectives, you pick up cube pieces, you move on to the next cube. It's so thematic, like you mentioned, Chris, because say we have Hulk and Iron Man And even Thor or someone taking on this major battle in the center and she's skirting the edges, completing the objective while they're taking the main aggro. It's great. It's it's very useful and she'll fit into lists the way other characters won't. That's true. Yeah. So it's it's take her or take nothing sometimes. It really is. And this two points is huge. You're going to want a minimum of one Natasha in your lineup of units. And I say that if you have a friend over. You might want a second Natasha that they can play with because it just opens up list building, Chris. We still don't have a ton of options with list building on the scheme of the spread of points. Right. We have 15, 17, and 20. So she's fitting in a lot of places right now, but we don't have a counterpart to her. We don't have another two-cost unit. So this is pretty interesting. It's She's very good at the moment. And the last thing I'll say about her strategy, Chris, is we've talked about those two ways to play her, and they're very different ways to play her. If you're a good player, you can pivot on a dime to the other play style of her. If she's getting beat up too much, run her to the outside, start working objectives, nothing else. 
if you've been working objectives and there's really not much more within the rounds of the game left where you can actually manipulate another objective, get into the fray, get this martial artist mix technique, Counter-Strike going. And of course, those are just the ways we've been trying to play. Or if you have any other advice or any other uh, interesting ways to play this character, please please tweet at us about it. We'd love to talk to you about it. I can't understate the stealth, Chris, because once again, every time we play this game on our stream or just on our table, range is so different in this game. It's so short compared to a lot of other miniatures wargaming. So if she's outside of that range three, that's a shorter distance than you even think. So she can even sometimes be pretty close without getting attacked. This is good stuff. Also, you could use her sometimes as a kind of like a pawn in chess where you basically are having people have to look at her, run up to her so they can get in range and do something about the objective she's holding. Now, this is the only inverse problem with her, Chris, is she's probably one of the best objective runners in the game alongside Spider-Man because they both have long movement. They can pick up objectives, though she has less health than Spider-Man and defense deficits. So if she gets flipped... She's dropping that objective. So keep that in mind as well. There's a lot of different ways to play her. And I'm really interested to see us just get better at playing this character, the community as a whole, because there is a ceiling with her, Chris. And if you get good at that ceiling, it's pretty great. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. We hope you guys have been enjoying our streams of Marvel Crisis Protocol at twitch.tv slash Fury's Finest. Thank you to all of you that have followed us there. Keep doing that because we're going to keep streaming as much as we can on top of our regular content just to get you guys more content, more games. We are working on several other boards and terrain options, which is very exciting. Those will be on the stream as well. Also check our streams of Star Wars Legion at twitch.tv slash the Canon Cantina. Follow the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast, Instagram at Fury's Finest, and facebook.com slash Furies Finest. Email us at furiesfinest at gmail.com or message us on Facebook like several of you guys have done with your comments and thoughts. Also continue to leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. It truly helps us scale the podcast algorithm. It also helps more people find the show and get into this wonderful game. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. And please remember to subscribe rate and review and please help spread the word about our show you can find me jesse on twitter and instagram at j-e-s-s-e-e-a-k-i-n check out my star wars show the canon cantina that's c-a-n-o-n-c-a-n-t-i-n-a i can't wait we're doing some live shows on the canon cantina so follow us on social media there as well if you'd be interested in watching some of our live content and you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T, where I promise to tweet more often. Thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong.
many people who can sneak up on me. But you figured I'd come. After. After whatever tortures Fury can concoct, you would appear as a friend, as a bomb. And I would cooperate. I want to know what you've done to Agent Barton. I'd say I've expanded his mind. And once you've won, once you're king of the mountain, what happens to his mind? Is this love, Agent Romanoff? Love is for children. I owe him a debt. Tell me. Before I worked for S.H.I.E.L.D., I, uh... Well, I made a name for myself. I have a very specific skill set. I didn't care who I used it for. Or on. I got on S.H.I.E.L.D.'s radar in a bad way. Agent Barton was sent to kill me. He made a different call. And what will you do if I vow to spare him? Not let you out. Oh, no, but I like this. Your world in the balance, and you bargained for one man. Regimes fall every day. I tend not to weep over that. I'm Russian. Where I was. And what are you now? It's really not that complicated. I got red in my ledger. I'd like to wipe it out. Can you? you wipe out that much red? Drakov's daughter? Sao Paulo? The hospital fire? Barton told me everything. Your ledger is dripping. It's gushing red, and you think saving a man no more virtuous than yourself will change anything? This is the basest sentimentality. This is a child at prayer. You lie and kill in the service of liars and killers. You pretend to be separate, to have your own code, something that makes up for the horrors. But they are part of you, and they will never go away. I won't touch Barton, not until I make him kill you, slowly. Intimately, in every way he knows you fear. And then he'll wake just long enough to see his good work. And when he screams, I'll split his skull. This is my bargain, you mewling quim. You're a monster. <laughs> oh, no. You brought the monster. So, Banner, that's your play. Loki means to unleash the Hulk. Keep Banner in the lab. I'm on my way. Send Thor as well. Thank you for your cooperation. <laughs>